0: The internet is an ocean that we invent as we explore it. In the murky darkness of virtual places, there could be dragons, shagoths, leviathans. Certainly I have heard voices on the web who say we will discover or build a god when we reach the cyber-ocean floor. People claim to remember past lives, I claim to remember a different, very different, present life. Psychotic drones swims. And
1: I'm Hello and welcome back to the Astral Flight Simulation Podcast, where we attempt to navigate the digital world through art and culture. And today I have a very good friend, a very special guest, Mr. Zante Guevara, Mr. Edenic Jesus. Mr. Uh, what name are you going by now? Uh, El Zante Esoterico. Uh,
0: Zante Thustra. Yeah, that's right. That's is, right. Uh, so happy
1: to uh, be here. this is a gentleman that I suggest everyone follow on Twitter. I will put his his handle in the bio for this episode. But he's at Edenic Jesus, and I have something really interesting I want to talk to him about because uh, Zante, you're tweeting. Uh, your threads on American Gnosticism and you've been doing threads on like the occult, esoteric history of America. And you also actually promote other accounts that that tweet the same kind of thing. Uh, it's really gotten, expanded my perspective on American culture and sort of changed for the better. Um, I, I feel like I have a more sophisticated perspective now because I never really thought about American america's relationship to spirituality and religion as gnostic but uh at least and actually my own perspective with uh, hyperreality hyper reality and hypermodernity, i never really thought about that like the gnostic similarities or the gnostic roots to the astral flight simulation itself uh, until you pointed it out and you had this powerful thread that is your pinned tweet so i want everybody who checks him out uh listens to this episode you have to go read his thread on american gnosticism Uh, because that's where really what sparked my interest in having this episode. So, um, Zante, why don't you give us a little rundown on what you mean by American Gnosticism, the things you talk about in that thread, and uh, how it relates to uh, various cultural realities of the last 20, 25 years. For sure.
0: Uh, The thread in question. I tried to introduce the topic by uh, talking about some late 90s movies, that we all know and love, uh, which I considered inherently uh, Gnostic. The Matrix, uh, I included anywhere from The Matrix to Truman Show to Donnie Darko, uh, so many good movies. Uh, Vanilla Sky, which was based on a Mexican film. That was just as clear as day what, what, what they're trying to do, uh, the writers and the directors. And what I'm trying to say is that this is just a reflection of something that's been inherent to American culture for uh, generations, for hundreds of years. Um, this is the American interpretation of Christianity. It's, it's what Christianity looks like when it's practiced outside of the church in darkness. Um, in the new world, in uh, the mysteries of nature.
1: I hate to interrupt you. Can I ask you to specify if you mean the Church of Rome, like Catholicism? Yes, yes, Catholicism.
0: I mean, uh, you know, the separation of church and state and freedom of of religion in this country is pretty much uh, designating like anything but uh, the Church of Rome, uh, but the Catholic Church. Uh, we support that's pretty much what that law came into into being because and uh there's been a, f- a few people who've posted saying you know the freemasons they were gnostic um and that's a common line of, of thinking um people like to demonize the concept and i i don't use that term lightly demonize uh they they literally did they like to consider anything that's remotely uh pagan or uh
1: animist maybe
0: yeah or or just self-interpreted you know anything that's outside of the uh authority and hierarchy of of the church um people consider that demonic satanic whatever and what i try to reveal is that uh, not only is it is you know, the evil Masonic state, Gnostic, um, but the people themselves are. And that's why you and I are so fascinated by the QAnon movement, and why I brought up these movies in my thread just to introduce the topic, is that what we love about American culture is that self-interpretation, that parsing through the Bible, that conspiratorial uh, energy, that is is almost what makes the american character uh it will makes an american christianity it um so yeah we could get into all that but that's i tried to say that the people not just the state that the the character of the people are as much gnostic as as anything else
1: right so it sounds like you're saying because the way i saw it the understanding that I came to is that we are sort of evolving into a Gnostic perspective on reality and a Gnostic perspective on the world. Whereas it sounds like I, I don't I can't tell. Are you tracing the evolution and the origins of us evolving into this, or are you saying it's always been there? It's always been the germ. Well, these
0: things have been flow. I think the narrative that I believe. Um, and I wrote I wrote a thread on cryptids and their, their spiritual significance. And what I try to say in that thread is that because America uh, kind of rejected and segregated itself from any pagan uh, spirit, or even from any of the pagan gods themselves, they wanted a fully hollowed out Christianity where it's just God, and that's it, right? Uh, that has the, the narrative of that is that we started out incorporating that kind of stuff, and then something happened. And we kind of kept that and repressed it, that pagan spirit. And we kind of swept it under the rug. And then now, as we enter an age of the, you know, the term you use hyper-reality or uh hypermodernity, that's that's festering again. And we can see that in, like I said, Q and other uh, smaller movements. but And they'll get bigger in time. Um, so it's, it's like an ebb and flow thing. Uh, it's like a return at the moment. But it's something that's been deeply in the shadows of American culture for a very long time, this gnostic impulse, this yeah. suspicion over the modern world.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Now, let's uh, before we get too deep into it, let's make a quick disclaimer, at least on my behalf, which is I just became interested in Gnosticism because of the way you're talking about it. So I'm not able to give like a thorough interpretation uh, or exegesis on what Gnosticism is and what they believe, but I do have a, a broad understanding of it. So before we get into the details, let's uh, let's just give for our audience what we mean when we say Gnosticism. And I think, I think correct me if I'm wrong, we're using Gnosticism in a general broad term and not in like a detailed uh philosophically religious term
0: yeah uh i think it's important to go interpret things through the spirit of them instead of like the letter of them um mainly because you know uh these things pop up in different forms this gnostic impulse um so to be like oh it's just rigid it's this rigid uh set of beliefs from this historical period is just it's not well it's way
1: beyond the terms of what we're even talking about here those those beliefs so let's get what what do you if you could if you could sum it in a paragraph what do you consider like the the spirit of gnosticism to be when you're talking about american gnosticism what exactly so
0: i i like to frame it as the belief that god is found in darkness that peeling behind the curtains of civilization or uh you know the tenets of the enlightenment of civil society of you know civilization itself as you peel behind the curtain and you go from known to unknown that truth is found there rather than uh you know what's already known and i think that's Largely true to anybody who's, uh, I mean, if, you, if anything, Bap had a great quote, Bronze Age Trevor, and he says, no scientific discovery was made through reason. It was made through irrational, uh, I don't know, passion, or just a leap of faith, if you will. Um, no, Nothing worthwhile, no truth has ever been discovered through reason. It was through jumping into the darkness, into the unknown. And I think that's the Gnostic impulse. It's the idea that you have to look where you're not supposed to. And obviously that's uh, anti-church, it's uh, anti-authority. It's pro, uh, you know, an individual journey. Um, I, I like the reason I probably came to this understanding is because uh you know I like what Jung Carl Jung says on the uh, individual journey the hero's journey individuation becoming yourself as Nietzsche would put I think these are all related and uh that's what I believe the mastic impulse to be and you could you could relate that the darkness itself um the unknown that is the feminine so it's like this weird Inverse, where you said it's not that God is feminine, but God is behind this uh, feminine uh, darkness, and Nietzsche believes that truth is is feminine, uh, and you know a lot of these things. Once you start peeling, uh, bridging all these things together, kind of understand that there's there's some validity to this.
1: Yeah, well. When you talk about darkness and God being feminine and the truth being in there, uh, I I think, and you bring up Nietzsche, you're talking about the Dionysian chaotic elements, which is the natural elements uh, as juxtaposed to the Apollonian. Uh, This is all from Nietzsche's uh, birth of tragedy. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will get off on a tangent if we explore that concept more. So maybe when Zante comes back, we will talk about that in more depth. But uh, for me to sort of encapsulate and give a general you know, consensus perspective on Gnosticism, just so people know what we mean going forward, and this is somewhat a re- reiteration of what you're saying, that Gnosticism is the belief, first of all, that uh, there is hidden knowledge that is accessible by humans and that the working out of this knowledge and coming to understand this knowledge is the way to find God, is the way to find some some sort of communion with god and it's really the only way Mm -hmm. because gnosticism believes that the material plane and the and the spiritual plane are cut off from each other and the reason why it's considered a heresy as i understand it is because uh christianity as we know it says that through jesus christ and his death on the cross in the world he he sort of immanentizes uh the material plane so that the spirituality is accessible to all human beings, and they no longer have to go through uh, the, the rituals and the, the seances and practices of paganism uh, mm. or Judaism, pre-Christian uh, Judaism. They now can just go through Christ, as he says in the Bible, the way through the Father, the way to the Father, excuse me, is through me. Uh, mm. Generally now, today, that's understood as living your life like Christ and listening to Christ's advice and following it is the way to uh, go to God through Christ. But Gnosticism doesn't exactly believe that. They believe that there's uh, hidden knowledge that Christ knew that Christ kept only to his disciples. And this is backed up in the gospels because there are some instances where Christ will give a, a talk. I believe it was the one about the fig tree. Uh, he gives a talk. Uh, he gives a, a parable, excuse me, to his followers and then he goes up on a hill and his his disciples ask him, what did he mean by that? And he gives them a different explanation. So this right here is sort of like the, the seed, as I understand it, for Gnosticism, which is that Christ has a message to give to the people, but he has a deeper meaning behind all of that, that he does not give out to anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's Gnostic texts and Gnosticism involves all these different bi- books of the Bible that got that got rejected because Gnosticism was considered a heresy and these Mm -hmm. books got taken out of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, And the church says, no, you don't come to Christ through all these uh, these esoteric teachings. You come to Christ through the church. You have to go through our rituals to get there. So um, flash, flash forward 2000 years. The idea is that there's hidden knowledge being kept back from the the regular people. And because of that, uh, everyone is trapped in darkness. Well, there's an element of that in the original narcissism yeah. as well that you cannot access uh, you cannot transcend the material while you are alive. It has to be after you die, mm-hmm. which is an- antithetical really to the Christian message. Mm-hmm. Um, so that there are two separate planes of reality. Now there's the material plane, which is lorded over by Satan and it's lorded over by the archons who want to keep you trapped in uh, carnal and material, uh, you know, I was gonna say pleasure, but really just carnal and material reality. And you cannot escape it ever except through these uh, esoteric teachings that are not available to everyone. Now, my interest in Cormac McCarthy is the first time I ever came across Gnosticism because uh, his work has been, has been characterized as Gnostic. Now. The question we have to ask ourselves, and, and we won't get bogged down on this question. Again, Zante is going to have to come back and we're going to elaborate on this. But the question we have to ask ourselves is, uh, has that has that perception of reality always been part of the American spirit? Or again, as I, as I said before, does it evolve into that over time? Is Cormac McCarthy picking out a thread that has always been there? Or is he applying that perspective to his uh, belief of the past? Because- uh, if you read his books, you have all these people, these characters who are trapped uh, within their time frame, not just their time frame, but their locality and uh, the material world. And they descend the book, you know, the book Outer Darkness. The, it's right in the title. Uh, they descend into uh, whatever the opposite of communion with God is. They, they, they descend into darkness where they cannot uh, commune with God as a result of their uh, embellishment of their carnal or material pleasures. Um, So that's, that's Gnosticism as I understand it. And that's what I mean when I say Gnosticism, it's, and this is perfect, the perfect segue and I'll let you kind of give your genealogy here of these films, but that's the perfect segue to talking about a film like the matrix because in the film, the matrix, most of the people, the people who are, who are stuck in the hyper-reality of the, the matrix world, are sort of distracted by all the things that are presented to them by the computer program. And they never are able to like see behind the curtain, as you call it. And they're trapped in hyper-reality. And, you know, you have to get red pilled. You have to be given the esoteric knowledge to have access to the true reality, which was previously uh, considered to be inaccessible because the machines won, but now you have Neo who's the chosen one. And that's kind of the final thing I'll say on my little rant here about Gnosticism is that, Gnosticism has this chosen one, this uh, divine figure who isn't necessarily one of us. Uh, He could be uh, uh, an an archon, uh, a divine archon from the spiritual plane who is going to be the savior. He's the one who, at the end of time, is going to uh, rapturously bring these people stuck in the material plane. He's going to come save them. And for them, obviously, it's Christ. However, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, uh does the Christ figure play into American Gnosticism? It seems to me that he doesn't. He does. Okay. shake shaking his so, so
0: there's there's a bunch of different tangents. There's a uh, we can go a bunch of different directions right now. But if you're gonna talk about Christ-like figure, I believe that it's in my bio that not only do we need to rediscover a new American mythos. A new mythology, which I say is Gnostic inherently. But we also need a messiah. A lot of people uh I don't bring up this this topic to be uh you know to be on the cutting edge of a new theory or idea. I just think these are uh the reality of, of, of the American spirit, but also strategically going forward. I think we're better off with a Messiah like character to awaken, to bring the great awakening as Q people uh, like to, like to say that was like a big slogan for them. Uh, when we go one, we go all there's one that, but there is also that there's going to be this great awakening of, of coming to truth, this great red pill. I mean, it's not a mistake that the matrix uh, lingo of red pilling is so significant for the right wing right now online, Uh, it's because we live in a world of lies. We live in a time where the archons, the demiurge of the deep state, are feeding to us overt lies about everything, whether you go from COVID to the election to the entire Trump presidency, to our foreign policy, everything that we've been fed has been a lie. And that's why it gives validity uh, to this idea that we have to deny everything we've been taught, whether, you know, I I consider this historically the same thing as when, you know, in the Middle Ages, when the Catholic Church was uh, the hegemon and they they had the monopoly on truth, uh, anything that was outside of that was called uh, heretical and what's the difference between them calling uh your interpretation of the bible heretical and calling the q conspiracy theorist a conspiracy theorist uh i see there's no difference and what you find is that the conspiracy theorists are actually correct on a lot of these things they are actually more willing to engage with the truth than the archives behind the media and the political sphere. Um, I think that's, so if you were gonna take this strategically, you need someone to embody uh, this going forward, this, this this, truth speaking, this prophetic uh, figure going forward. I believe that more than muscle is, is necessary to at least uh, the American. Might, in, in, in Europe, you're gonna need a Napoleon, but in America, I believe, We've been waiting, especially just we've we mean we memed Trump into that and Trump wasn't that guy. But looking at how Q people like deify Trump, it's just people are waiting for that figure so much and they will put put anybody remotely. uh, I mean, that guy's like goofy and, you know, true boomer. Um, And honestly, part of he was a part of the elite um, for a while but we you know you can see the memes that they create like oh, this is god's chosen uh candidate uh you know he's gonna save us all uh you know he's, he's gonna deliver us from from the evil of the world these these deep state pedophiles and you know pizza gate and all that uh they're all going down everyone's gonna be arrested and executed any moment uh <laughs> you know we've we've very much made him a messiah character and i think you know it didn't work because he wasn't that guy he wasn't the one as as he wasn't neo he wasn't the guy but there will be a guy and um as we become closer and closer we're in an age of postmodernity now where we we don't believe in 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 truth uh in any uh legitimate or uh authoritative sense we're gonna be more prone to this cult-like acceptance of more divine and irrational uh beliefs and that's as we enter that age the age that follows postmodernity, that christ-like figure is gonna be uh even even on a smaller sense the, the jim jones types uh, the cult leaders, the, uh, uh, Manson, Charles Manson, him, or just the way we, we've deified fucking, uh, celebrities, you know, this is how we, this is what we've been waiting for, for years. And it's going to manifest. And I think looking at how millions, I would say there's millions of Q supporters. This is, this and they were politically active. This is what it's what's going to take strategically going forward for any right wing, uh, any anybody who's going to break the hegemonic system. Uh, uh, the the new church or you know the cathedral or whatever, this is how we uh, come to truth, and defeat the lord of lies.
1: That's fucking yeah. This is why I wanted to have you on, because I I am looking at all the things that you're looking at, and I'm processing and analyzing and coming up with a, a way to characterize all the things you are, and I've been doing it in like a Spenglerian, Nietzschean sort of uh, cycles of history sense, and you're doing it in this uh, religious, spiritual sense, and it's so different to my take, but yet uh, I think that it's... Absolutely correct. It's, it's absolutely the right take and I never would have seen it this way. Uh, so I think I think probably, I really wanna present how I see this stuff in, when I say the Spanglerian sense, but I think it will get us too far off track for now. But I do wanna synthesize my perspective and yours to have like a, a, a more well-rounded and, and holistic look at the state that we're in, the condition our culture is in and uh, how that perspective might help us see what's coming, if if anything is coming. Uh, but before we get there, I hope it's clear, we should probably say it explicitly, though, how Q, the way you understand Q, is both tied up in hyperreality and Gnosticism. Uh, it's pretty clear the way you, you explained it, but just briefly, I would say um, the hyper real metaphor of the, the internet reality that they live in the artificial intelligence reality that they live in, in the matrix is kind of comparable to the fallen materialistic state that people find themselves in a Gnostic perspective. And that is transposable onto the Q perspective that, uh, the hyper real and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm, I'm characterizing your perspective here. Uh, this isn't my take, this is yours. Uh, the, the hyper real Gnostic material reality that, that Americans are trapped in is the cathedral, what Moldbug calls the cathedral, which is built up by the media and by the mainstream media and by academic institutions, by HR departments, by advertising executives who are all kind of enveloping in the, the, us in this world of illusion uh, so that they can uh, perpetuate their nefarious schemes, uh, whatever those nefarious schemes may be, And then uh, the only way we can break out of that, there's nothing we can do to break out of that except learn the truth and wait for a Messiah figure to come along from outside and kind of clear away all that, uh, the dross that they built up around us. Trust the plan. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's talk about trusting the plan for a second. But what I was going to say quickly, uh, I never saw it as Gnostic, but I did see... This waiting for for the Caesar, uh, well, I gave myself away there by misspeaking. Waiting for the Messiah figure is the Caesarism that uh, Spengler insists is part of the cycles of history, it's usually to transition from oligarchy or democracy to tyranny. And mm-hmm. of course, the Caesar figure is the tyrant, but the people love the tyrant. The people, the people always love the tyrant. Uh, and Machiavelli says the tyrant and the demagogue, the populist, is the only thing literally the only recourse that people have to breaking the fetters uh, of this hyper reality that uh, they've been trapped in by the, the, the elites. Now I really want to get into the metaphorical and perhaps the real world significance of the nefarious acts that our elites supposedly do that Q uh, accuses them of. But before we get there, I want to seem like you had a rejoinder.
0: Yeah. And you know, I think, I think it's a good time to talk about, uh, the age that we're coming into. Um, so we would have to do a little bit of a genealogy of you know how we got to I consider we're in the middle of two ages where the future is this Caesarian kind of age, this messianic age. Of, I, I, of,
1: I call it, um, not to interrupt you, but like the imperial age, if we compare it to Rome at least.
0: Okay, yeah. And you know, I just to continue on the modernity, <laughs> postmodernity to hyper modernity or hyper reality whatever we can theory sell all we want on like the the terms but uh just frame it right in modernity coming out of even the dark ages um the middle ages whatever we want to call them where we lived under we but i guess the west lived under religious cultish uh, worship of, of, of this defecation of, of people, whether it's kings uh, or the church or different uh, pagan or Gnostic sects. It was very much an age of, it wasn't about science trusting. It wasn't about uh, even building civilization. But then the Enlightenment came And so, too, did the birth of of, uh, civilizations as we know it now. And in there, there was a belief that we could know the world, that we can engage with truth and almost mm, obtain it, like in our hands, in front of us, through the scientific method, uh... Or, or through historical, you know, writing things down and keeping track of things. And, you know, we build, we build great societies off of it. But so too did people degradate. There became decadence from this. Um, Bap did a great podcast uh, on music. And what he said was that music and decadence is very nostalgic, It looks backwards. And what you find when you try to, you know, track things, write things down, keep history, try to focus on what we know and focus on knowing things is that you kind of run out of steam. You, you focus on, uh, you lose the, the, the advantages of going out into the darkness which is, I, I believe, you know, you could relate that to, if you have civil society where we have laws and, you know, uh, history and stuff like that. The darkness is like, you know, the, the religious, it's, it's the irrational. Um, and through that split and through that degradation, uh, degradation and you know the industrial society that came from that, and technology and stuff like that, um, birthed in the early uh, 20th century, a return to these Caesar-like figures, where people wanted, uh, people were, you know, awakened by demagogues and uh, totalitarian figures, and just a frame it again those italian figures were the the epitome uh they had planned economies they believed that we could uh you know turn the state into you know the the savior of 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 from this decadence where they believed you could you could uh you know that the economy could be known that the day-to-day uh regardless whatever you could do the scientific uh well i mean dude, it's, just,
1: it's totalitarianism is what you're yeah saying. yeah
0: it's totalitarianism yeah. but you could you could go into anything from uh eugenics to um to national socialism or whatever or communism you know the idea that the state can have a hand in everything and that you can keep account of everything and you could uh, all seeing eye uh, of the state People, for whatever reason, maybe it's because, uh, you know, what happened in the Great War, but uh, we've moved into an age past that where the validity of the truth of the state has gone out the window, and that's postmodernity. And that opens the door not only for other interpretations uh, outside of the Orwellian. Uh, you know, state, but has opened the door to some other things. Um, we now are infected with whether it is people like to put the relativism relativism of, of post-modernity where everyone's like my truth and stuff like that. You know, this is my truth. And uh, I'm speaking from my perspective and we're all on an equal plane of perspective. You know, we're, we're people consider that the woke that's opened the door to the wokeness. Of the world, but I think it's also opened the door to a return to religious fervor, um, and not necessarily seeking uh, any uh, authoritarian understanding of truth, but in in a new one. Now, in in the era of questioning and 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 uh, reorienting ourselves to this new understanding of truth. Perhaps you could say it's relativistic um, instead of this very hierarchical, you know, uh, you know, that, that the truth can be embodied in, in a priest or in, in, in one uh, dictator or something like that, or in the state and hierarchy of that, a military. Um, we kind of have this, this great awakening happening that Can propel us to a new age where it turns that suspicion of of, of truth into a more active age. And that is the coming age of hypermodernity or hyper-reality, where cults become politically active, not maybe not even in any uh legitimate, you know, uh, you know, democratic way. It could just be For example, somebody refusing to acknowledge that Biden is our president, and we just decide to only take orders from Trump from here on. It could, like, manifest in that way, where we completely completely have delegitimized the state so much that we just start believing something else. We could uh, give that legitimacy anywhere we so choose. And we can get memed into it, that's what brings up meme internet culture and stuff like that, memetics, uh, in the Dawkins and Girardian sense. You know, This is the age we're going into. And, and uh, just to relate to uh, a movie we love, Akira, uh, Akira, a Japanese movie in the 80s. You know, you can, There's this uh, peculiar addition to the narrative in the movie of a return to cultish behavior the movie is pretty much uh society post post uh, bomb dropping in japan and how they built a new a new tokyo and what led to the previous blowing up the 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 shattering of the former society was this messianic figure that's what they believed and they believed in order to 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 uh wash away everything again, to bring about the annihilation of everything that exists, that figure must return. And uh, that figure was uh, this, this Akira, Akira figure. Um, and I think that's what America is waiting on. I, they want uh, the draining of the swamp. They want uh, the leveling of, of the state and the archons and demiurge they want them a great flood they want a second coming to come and it's gonna look it's gonna look like big rallies it's gonna look uh like fanaticism it's gonna look like the great passions of the people erupting and washing away everything from the managerial state to the science trusters to the redditors all in one big sweep. And we're going to see, I think we're going to see it towards in the next 50 years, the, what that looks like, hopefully.
1: Well, we'll see. We'll see. Akira was a great, great thing to bring up. It's, it's even more. So it, it, they embellish it much more in the manga. The Akira manga is like five, 600 page Editions that has a lot of stuff that isn't in the movie and Tetsuo becomes this like actual cult leader with with, like all these followers and all these rallies and they're all fighting over each other and Tetsuo is going to be their new leader but the power that he has uh is difficult for him to wield and it overwhelms him and this is why he turns into this massive baby which is kind of which is kind of silly but but um it's sort of his uh, return to the primordial power, uh, but it's it 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 basically kills him. It turns him into this. It it blows him up to bigger than the globe. And I can't ever remember which happens in the movie and which happens in the mangas. I've read read it more than once, and I've seen the movie ten times. Uh, but whatever whatever it is that happens, he's like given all this power and it, it starts to physically transform him, physically transform his body, and that's actually my avatar, is Akira, or excuse me, Tetsuo, being turned into a machine, basically, and it's the it's a metaphor, of course, for the power of technology, and what kind of power it gives individuals for their own lives, but also the power it gives individuals over others, and it starts to break down the human form, and turn you into something totally different, so he's like his physical components are like rearranged and scrambled and he starts to morph into this, uh, mutant basically. And, and it, and it basically kills him. Uh, and this perhaps is what we will see with the power of the internet, but, but also these cycles and these phases and these potentialities are known about and, and, and people see them coming. Uh, that's why, and here we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, at the risk of deviating into uh, subversive territory, I'm, I'm not gonna finish that thought, <laughs> but um, the way I see Trump and Q is that it was either uh, a Caesarism movement that was strangled in its grave, or it was, excuse me, <laughs> strangled in its cradle, or it was just the stirrings of something to come because Trump came out of the analog age and he was a television star first. And that was uh, that was a purely he was a product of the postmodern uh, age of the star, uh, mm-hmm. the, 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 the pop icon. And he didn't really have anything to offer, but he wanted to be part of that world. And he had enough money that he was able to insert himself into it. Yeah. But he didn't really ha- have any any star power, but he he did turn himself into a star at sheer, at sheer force of his own will. Uh, and he he used his money to insert himself into that. And then he got into politics and he was the first one really to aspire to uh, the heights of what that stardom could do for you. So he was an analog TV star because I remember like books were written about him during the age of the uh, the, the CEO being uh, being like a, a cultural figure like Lee Iacocca is the only one he ran Chrysler. Um, there was all these books written about these guys and he was one of them he grabbed the reins of this new technology of of the internet and he used it to propel himself to the presidency and if you look back over the last hundred years you can see like there was this like string of populace when radio became uh, a thing you know, one of them i think his name was huey long uh, was assassinated but he was a big demagogue and then uh Franklin Roosevelt wasn't a demagogue, but he was able to harness the reins of the new technology, the radio, to take his message directly to the people. And that's what exactly what Trump did with Twitter. They're able to use this technology to bypass the the, the edifice uh, set up by the powers that be to kind of uh, mediate power and and the people. And they take their message directly to them. And then uh, in between Trump and Franklin Roosevelt is Reagan, who was like the... Uh, He's like really the, the prototypical uh, postmodern president because he was a television star. Uh, mm-hmm. and, he, and he he embodied, though, right, the American mythos. They, mm-hmm. they each embodied, embodied the American mythos that was in, embraced by their era because Franklin Delano Roosevelt was from like the patrician class and he was like this heritage American. Then uh, uh, Reagan was... Um, uh, uh, was a cowboy star right so he was like uh, embodied the mythos of of that era where we were we were sort of uh, dredging up the past and turning it into this mythological uh content excuse me turning into this mythological era um so he came out and he grabbed the reins of that through through television and then trump uh was the next sort of embodiment of that so we went from the old money to the cowboy and now we have the image of the self-made millionaire and he wasn't exactly self-made but he didn't come from old money either though you know no. like his father I mean, had money
0: the finance yeah. world the real estate that's all you know that's comparatively the new money of like Gatsby you know the wall that's Street, what I was
1: gonna you know, say compared
0: to the old money uh, exactly uh, aristocratic kind of uh you know your heritage and stuff like that
1: so he is the embodiment of yet another American archetype. First, you have the blue blood. Then you have the cowboy. Now you have the the, the self-made millionaire, the, the the great Gatsby figure. Um, so when we look to the future, we have to ask ourselves, was Trump the Caesarism that uh, Spengler and Nietzsche said would be coming that was uh, sort of uh, 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 shot down by the powers that be and and by democracy, ostensibly by democracy, right? Because he was voted out. Uh the scare quotes can only be seen by Zante right now. Uh-huh. Um, but I take no, I take no, I disavow any conspiracy theories about the election. I take no position on that. It looked like it was free and fair <laughs> and open. I defer to uh the Radio Dispatch Caribbean rhythms for further uh for further insight into that situation. But this is a family show and we are just, uh, we're just riffing on mythology here. Whatever the, the regime tells us is what we believe and what we support. Of course. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I, was gonna,
0: I think, I think you, you've laid it perfectly why America has this cult of personality. Um, I think it's inherent in their Christian spirit to constantly seek uh, the embodiment of Christ in whatever uh, strange characters uh, maybe, you know, putting, you know, the wrong uh, shape in the wrong hole. But I think what what's happening now, and I should have framed uh, the, the shift from modernity to postmodernity in this term. It would have been more succinct, is that we went from an era of centralization to decentralization, where we had a rigid hierarchy. In a, in a pyramidal sense to a more flattening hierarchy, and you could you could see this from you know if you want to go with cryptocurrency, we we're talking about new money. New money is this alt money of, of from fiat, or even even from you know the gold standard or whatever. We have this new decentralized the uh, way of. Uh, funding ourselves and participating in the economy and i i always relate the the shift from old money to new money on gatsby terms um you know gatsby the great gatsby character was pretty much a poser like he was uh there was no actual truth behind his 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 grandeur um he hosted huge parties, but as, as you reveal throughout the story is that it's all a fraud. His 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 story is fake. Um and the way he made his money wasn't through some uh you know glorious way it was through is through uh money laundering is through participating in mafia behavior um and you know every all the new money and in the sea of new money that uh the financial sector was making in, in new york he was able to amass millions of dollars or whatever comparatively uh it was in, in that in the 20s the 1920s and that's okay it's not an indictment on new money
1: it's a he He. i'm sorry to interrupt you he's creating it's the creation of a new myth we're seeing yes. a new myth created Yes. Uh, right and
0: that's what happens um, in an, after an era of decadence and after an era of treading your wheels and, and not really uh, creating anything new is that things decay. And you could say that's nature reclaiming society. After, you know, nature is is the resource. It's, it's you know, natural resource for anything new. Um, it's the incorporation of of what you find and you know this relates to going into the darkness to find truth um anything that propels new things is you could say technological progress but the technological progress does not come uh by staying in your field of of what you know you have to go into new domains and the new domains were uh at that point the the darkness of the mafia world or in this In the financial sector, which was, you know, uh, terrifying to any uh, rural uh, person at the time.
1: Well, let's remember that you could, in the beginning, you could only use cryptocurrency. Where? On the dark web.
0: Dark web. Exactly. (laughs)
1: So this relates exactly to
0: now. And what I kind of urge is that, uh, you know, you have traditionalists on the right who, who think, the answer to—I mean—they frame it modernity, but it's post-modernity. Is oh, we need to you know bring back the church and we need to uh, show that there's truth. And I don't think that's going to work. I think the people do not want truth. They want—they are embracing decentralization and they are going to embrace, uh, you know, whatever is to come from the crypto millionaires of the future um the people who are willing to 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 game the system and make millions of dollars to go where no one else was willing to go um so maybe do some unsavory things uh people are going to want that guy they're not going to want uh the guy who's embodying moral truth or uh you know somebody that that's a priest well, All one right, thing we
1: can say for sure is that uh, those who did vote for Biden vote were not voting for Biden. They were voting against Donald Trump. So yes. I think I'm trying to bolster what you're saying in that he is like the representative of like yes. uh, the status quo. And I think even though he won the election, I still think he and the status quo are not being embraced, even by the left and even by the wokesters. I think they did that because they and they even said, even in 2016, I'm not trying to derail your point here, Mm -hmm. but even in 2016, the left openly said to vote for Hillary Clinton just to keep Trump out. They did Mm -hmm. not say vote for her because the status quo is what we need. Mm -hmm. You know, know,
0: people, obviously, uh, 71 million votes is way overblown, but uh trump won in the landslide anyways no uh, no it
1: was 81 they said it was 81 million 81 yeah yeah
0: fucking uh six billion whatever uh (laughs) six bajillion uh (laughs) anyways so there are there's probably you know a good i'll give them like you know one percent of that maybe that actually uh are are fans of this True believers.
1: Be, we'll call them true believers. True
0: believers of, of, of the state and, you know, the woke regime or whatever. But I think most Americans, somewhere in the middle, uh, they're trying to parse through things. They're not really, uh, they're just going off of what's familiar to them. And, you know, they just came out of the, the, the years of the prototypical, I'm going to lie to you in your face and use very careful language, politicians whether it's Obama or, you know, George Bush was bad at this, but, you know, he was still in that mold of, you know, using platitudes and vague terms to try to relay the message. And you had Trump who uh, came in and talked in his, uh, you know, Queens uh, lingo and is is in a very blunt way um, and was able, I mean, if you just look at how he talked, in the uh the republican primaries like it was a bloodbath it was he, he trounced he cut through so much bullshit
1: he trounced of, hillary every single time by any objective oh, I mean, measure. those
0: debates where you could go back and yeah that was so fun to see even five years uh six years later his debates with hillary of course uh,
1: oh, did you mean uh, that the GOP? Uh, yeah, he the shut GOP them down off. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was
0: it was one on 20, you know, it was one versus like uh you know the entire Republican establishment, and he cut right through all their bullshit in a very uh in a Nietzschean sense, honestly. With the way you know Nietzsche cuts through the bullshit of the morality, the the faux morality of Nietzsche philosophizes
1: with a hammer and Trump yes, politicizes and, with a hammer. Absolutely, and so but to a lot
0: of well, you could you could say evangelical, but uh, the never Trumpers, are, I wouldn't even call them religious. They have no religious impulse. Um, but, you know, the people who uh, were never Trump maybe voted for Cruz instead of Trump. But Trump won all those people over anyway, because those people don't want this. Uh, they want the religious demagogue that trump ended up uh being mythologized into being but the never trumpers were people who wanted uh who, who who felt intimidated threatened by this this buffoon if you will that oh he couldn't be right about anything uh he couldn't Nothing what he says is is legitimate. This guy is a a clown, right? But what you find is that person is closer to the truth than the leaders they put up before. And that is the great awakening. That is the, 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 the leveling of truth to where other possibilities can be considered. And this is what I want to talk about, is that the right needs to embrace this. The right needs to embrace postmodernity. It needs to embrace the power of memetics, in a Girardian sense. And uh, Richard Dawkins, you know that they use memetics is Dawkins, where they talk. He talks about memes as an evolutionary uh, uh, process where ideas get naturally selected for whatever qualities fit uh, and are advantageous to their replication. Um, so when things go viral, it's like a gene being selected by, uh, if amongst the gene pool as more valid and that is the, what, what internet culture is. It's this, uh, spiritual or other world where, and, you know, Astro, you, this is your, 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 uh, main topic. But the the internet is an abyss. Uh, it's the gene pool, and things are being selected. And some of them uh, are going to be unsavory. Some of them are going to be uh, <clears throat> not. A, they're they're going to be feel threatening. They're going to feel. Uh, they're going to evoke uh, a response in you, for good or bad, but that energy, that the force behind these things, um, that excitement behind memes, whether it's, uh, you know, memeing ideas through cool uh, imagery or uh, symbolism or, uh, you know, memeing cryptocurrencies, whatever. Whatever you can meme these alternative truths, they're gonna have the, the biggest impact on society. And then you can go into Girardian sense where the, uh, in conflict, conflict all boils down to the escalation between two things that want the same thing. And if you look at it in an objective sense, any conflict looks irrational and stupid. It's just, uh, you know, eye for an eye, it makes the whole world blind, whatever. People think, oh, that's stupid. Like, why would you get into conflict? Why would you escalate things? Uh, everyone loses. But that's not necessarily true. It's always, and Gerard, Rene Gerard ties this into uh, Christianity. By the way, Peter Thiel, if you're listening to this, uh, I will accept all monies. I am a, a Gerardian, as you are. Uh Please, I'll accept.
1: That actually is else. the reason, uh, reason <laughs> detra of this podcast is to to corner as much teal money as possible. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh the reason, you know, uh Christianity embody, embodies uh the resolution of this escalation of conflict between uh two sides, he believes Christ solves this. Um but there, the 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 escalation of things always mounts to a climax by which one figure resolves it and in through history people say that there's a scapegoat um you know that's used and it's not necessarily that the scapegoat is is the actual true cause of conflict but once the scapegoat is eliminated in a society whether it could be a group of people or a certain person once the person is killed things Boil down again, and and uh, subsides, the conflict subsides. But in Christianity, that's one figure, and that's Christ, and Christ's self becomes the scapegoat. He's willing to, it doesn't matter if it's true that he is the, the source of all sin, uh, or the, the cause of all conflict. He bore it all on his shoulders. He had the gall to be like, I don't care if that's true or not, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be the chosen one. He made himself a martyr. He made himself a martyr and he was willing to die uh, in order to resolve the conflict. And that is, that is who will uh, usher in the new era, that kind of guy. Trump Trump wasn't willing to be that guy. I was just going to finish here. Trump wasn't willing to be that guy. He, he didn't lead, he didn't cross the Rubicon when at the crucial moment, uh, on January sixth, uh, he kind of just accepted his defeat for whatever reason. Maybe he was he had a valid reason. Maybe that was the logical uh, move going forward. But the the person who who is going to be the chosen one isn't going to look at calculated chosen. Uh, I mean, calculated or logical. Uh, you know, interpretations of things. He's just going to irrationally just be like, "No, screw you." I'm going to lead my people for whatever fate will have it. And it's in God's hands. And that guy, that guy is going to be the Caesar. He's going to be the new Messiah that will deliver us from evil.
1: So, okay. It's a lot, a lot to say here. Um, (laughs) I was never really on the Trump train uh, for Trump as a figure. I never, really endorsed him uh, it's only really in retrospect that I see what the value of him really was uh, I still mainly look at him as a as a way to understand uh, the different cultural forces at play in America right now so the w- main thing that was at the forefront of my mind that whole time you were talking was all this stuff you were saying about Trump like being able to talk to the working class and all that is that he became the crystallizing avatar for the contempt that the elite have for regular Americans. And now it's impossible to deny that uh, you, you, you can't call these people stupid. They love calling them stupid. The elite loves to call these people stupid. And mm-hmm. I read the New York Times every single day and like 25% of that paper is just ridiculing mm-hmm. normal Americans, and, and some people say that this is the Kulakification of normal Americans because they're priming us for some sort of uh, uh, action against them, like the truckers, what happened to the truckers in Canada, uh, that when, when, when the propaganda machine uh, talks about these people with such contempt, when bad things happen to them, uh, people cheer it on, and it creates this like bloodlust in, in one side to, to have the other side be, be taken down. So and that's uh,
0: mimetic mem- conflict. That is 100%. You, yeah. You know, you have two sides that pretty much look alike. They're both stupid. Right. So the logical centrist, right. The, they do you see the rightoid Trumpists who, you know, are cringe and corny and, and uh, kind of hokey and their, and their uh, calls of personality, but then, you know, to, to write us, and i'm just trying to be objective here i don't like you know i believe i'm on i i will die for the q people uh, but you know you go to the other side the, the woke people who regardless if they have phd's or not they're they're idiots you know they're not smart people they're just as much sheep right now they're 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 You're indoctrinated you know. Yeah, they're indoctrinated. But, you know, but, you know, these people who pride themselves maybe as independent thinkers are not, they're sheep just as much. They're supporting uh, blindly another war in Ukraine. In the past, they would have been like, oh, yeah, you know, I was against the war in Iraq. But no, they're doing the same shit again, falling for the propaganda of of the state. And what you see is you, you have two sides escalating. And this is the story of history. People want to bring up how we're, we're uh, pol- the polarization of today, but this is history. The story of every conflict is the escalation between two, uh, a duality. And they could even look exactly alike. And to, like I said, the logical centrist, they're like, oh, this is stupid. Both sides are, are sheep. But that doesn't matter. You have to go, that person, the logical centrist person, is not going to win. He is alone. The person that wins is someone willing to uh go right into the mimetic conflict be the guy that 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 uh goes right into the the emotions the passions of the people and lead it
1: something that you were you were uh hinting at that i really want to just i want to specify more and then maybe draw to a conclusion on that on the topic of crypto and sort of the next demagogue or the next possible populace this this uh, gnostic figure who will come and emerge from out of the darkness to be the savior of people and help them uh transcend the material realm that transcend the cathedral and, and escape the ai matrix and uh uh, bring them into their true potential and uh, actualize them to the full capacity, whatever that may look like. Um, because I did the, the whole like run through of the, the blue blood archetype typical figure using the new technology of radio to the uh, mythological cowboy using the new technology of television to the, uh, the archetypical uh, self-made millionaire uh, harnessing the reins of Twitter and the internet to all propel themselves to the presidency. So I think what you were getting at before uh, by mentioning crypto and the dark web is like the new tools for the future are going to be uh, someone making their their name or their fame or their fortune off of crypto and then using that to kind of create a myth of themselves and that myth of themselves will be uh, proliferated and spread and matriculated to the people on the internet. And I have long said, I mean, Elon Musk already sort of embodies this to some people online. He's sort of talked about in this way, and he certainly puts tweets out there. Uh, You know, I had uh, Curtis Yarvin on the show, and he even he even mentioned this, that that Elon Musk has some sort of self-awareness that uh, he's in that role. He could potentially be in that role. I see no signs that he's going to try to, like, grasp it. But in a way, Elon Musk sort of uh, already already was a billionaire, obviously, but he sort of uh, jumped on the crypto thing and he kind of made it his thing for a little while. And he was a central figure to that. And he also has this mythos created around him uh, online where people are already tweeting at him and he's tweeting himself like hinting that he's aware that he's in that position. So I, do you agree with me that if there is another figure that arises, uh, he's going to come out of the ether of the internet and he's going to, his money is going to be somehow either self-made or he's gonna be backed by people who made money on crypto. And uh, his message is going to be like, uh, if you look at someone like PewDiePie or uh, Jake Paul, I've mentioned Jake Paul multiple times, because Jake Paul in particular shows that he aspires to be more than just a YouTube star. I mean, I don't even know what the content, I just know who these figures are. I never even watched their content, but they're the type of people who have way more eyes on them than any politician ever has because yeah. of the internet
0: so what i believe uh is that the only person that could really uh break the duality if you will this conflict this polarization uh it's not going to be some guy who tries to appeal to both sides it's the guy who kind of tr- transcends both sides uh not necessarily even in a, uh, like I said, before this logical centrism where uh, oh, both sides are dumb, whatever, whatever, but, got, but somebody who could uh, who, who bridges the gap and you brought up Jake Paul. What's interesting about him is that sure he's had internet fame, but he tries to do a physicalization of himself through fighting. Uh, the idea that, you know, he, he can excel in, in worldly things.
1: He steps out of hyper-reality into yes. real
0: reality. And becomes, actualizes yeah. himself. That is, to me, the breaking of, of, of that duality. The, the person who's going to, uh, you know, the, the Caesar, the messiah. Isn't going to be purely an internet figure. He's not going to be a, a, a fully crypto figure. Some shadowy guy who his mythology online is bigger than himself. He's going to be somebody who uh, comes from that world and is able to step into the physical world and uh, embody even something even greater. And that to me is the Christian story with Christ. Uh, he 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 was the embodiment of God. He 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 is. God's image actualized and in him is the Trinity who breaks the duality of things. Uh, he, he mends the split between heaven and earth and he, in him is both. And that is the, the person. And that, that's why it was cool that you brought up uh, Jake Paul actually, because he's probably <laughs> uh, closer to that, to that mold. I mean, that's the, probably the, why he's, he's famous. He's able to, uh merge both worlds of the
1: internet and now he, he seems like a, a basically just a dork and like a like a, a uh, uh, are you so, agreeing or disagreeing
0: no i mean it's not like i'm a jake paul fan i don't really watch his content uh too much either but the point is is that uh it doesn't matter to yeah it person. doesn't
1: matter that's right it doesn't it matter agreed, if he's agreed. a dork
0: or not trump is a dork you know uh whoever it is going to be he's, he's probably mm-hmm. going to be uh idiosyncratic in his own way as 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 uh people who are you know faded to be anything they're always kind of off in some way or uh maybe uncouth but it doesn't matter uh, kanye if, is another if, one kanye too yeah you know uh it's it's it may be a played out kind of thing where the, Oh, you know, you have to be a little different, uh, to be above the status quo, but I think it's true. Um, but I think there has to be some, uh, it, for lack of a better word, some sexiness to it. There has to be something charming, something, uh, that awakens the passions and people. And there also has to be the vehicle. And that's something you t- touched on. You know, I, I'm
1: crypto. just, It's so hard to, Contain laughter because you said there has to be some sexiness, and I'm just like grabbing by the pussy. That's the fucking... uh, yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> for real was... though. No, that's totally 100%. proving what you're saying. The fact yes. that he said that and got away with it tells me that it was attractive to a lot of people.
0: And you know, I, I have my own uh, Christian beliefs as to uh, the meaning of that. You know, I I, I think uh, God pretty much said uh, to Virgin Mary similar things
1: oh, No, no the birth christ but we can get
0: We don't have to get into that uh grabbing deployment. him by the
1: pussy is is the apollonian uh taming of the dionysian it's it's uh, embody. it's it's grasping the dionysian and and incorporating it into yourself and yes. bringing it uh bringing it to heal and uh taking you know synthesizing to uh disparate <laughs> that's what he meant by that Trump, yes, is, a
0: exactly, Trump is a Nietzschean Trump is a
1: Nietzschean uh sorry go ahead man you're my no, guest you're good, I should good. be fucking, <laughs> no, no, no
0: it's perfect it's perfect uh but you know someone willing to go there you know and 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 uh be unapologetic unap- I think that is the guy who breaks the duality he is the guy who breaks the matrix um he breaks the demiurges reality temple of, of lies of the material world, um, and but I think the people follow that. I think I think what's important to acknowledge, and we've 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 been talking about what it's going to take for this new figure to come out, and I think uh, he's going to have to uh, be a man of both worlds of of this other world of of mythology on the internet. This, and the abyss but also in the physical world he needs to be somebody who's charming and uh able to uh you know be a man amongst men but the people i think should get some credit here too if you look at q even without um well to the legend of q the q on is that there was a I figure, a uh, person who was apparently uh, close to Trump's administration, who was who knew things behind the scenes and was leaking intel to us, uh, saying that Trump is lining up this, you know, a bunch of different things and is willing to arrest and execute everybody that is our enemy, uh, the deep state and the swamp, and every you know every so often. Q on the Internet, this shadowy figure, uh, this purely Internet figure. He would give Intel saying like, oh, look at this, look at this in the news. This is showing that Trump is uh, about to arrest everybody any moment now. Trust the plan. And Q himself wasn't satisfactory because he was purely Internet. He was purely, uh, you know, he did had no actual Uh, actualized form of himself Uh, he was God without Christ Um, and maybe he was a you know fed psyop to uh, pacify the people into waiting instead of being coming active but that doesn't matter because the heart of Q is not Q himself it's the people and the people themselves are were fully believing in an alternate view of things they, were, they uh, trusted nothing from the news. They uh, chose to believe something that uh, wasn't you know, entirely visible to them at the time. They had blind faith in a way that only a Christian can and in, in, in believing in the immaterial uh, of God, you know, in the blind faith of God, you could—they didn't see what was going on behind the scenes in the Trump administration, but they still believed, and they—they they were seeing in 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 the pool, the endless sea of information. They were pulling out news articles uh, from around the globe, pointing out like, "Oh, look, what's happening in the Vatican?" I mean, if you if you look at just. The, the climax of, of the two months after the election was stolen, the Q people were insane and in how they were connecting all these different dots. I mean, uh, apparently there was like blackouts uh, around the Vatican or something like that, around like in Europe, they were saying like, oh, it's happening. We didn't exactly know what was happening, but they had some, uh, you know, connecting the dots in some schizoA. Uh, They were saying that they were pointing out how um, after January 6th, the 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 fencing, because what happened was uh, for like the last two weeks before the transition from from Trump to Biden, they like put fencing all around the White House. And they were saying like, oh, any moment now, Trump is going to come out and arrest everybody, because if you look at the fencing, it's not to keep people out from going in is to keep people, everyone from in, from going out, because the fence was uh, put in like a reverse, uh, it was put in reverse. Uh, and they were just connecting stories like that. And there was a lot of reading between the lies in, in, in a very Gnostic way. Um, but those people, while it sounds you know stupid and, and hokey, those people are going to be uh, the, the catalyst. They are the vehicle. As much as anything else, for that new figure to come, because they're willing to blindly believe it, whether it's Q or Trump. Whether you know, you could say Q is the God to uh, Trump's Christ, uh, the actualized versus the 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 immaterial truth teller. Um, they will propel because they are willing to believe. An alternative truth that the media is putting out, and this ties into cryptocurrency too, because you know, instead of uh, buying into the fiat currency, you're you're uh, trusting this other cryptocurrency. Um, everything is boiling down to this new alternative uh, interpretation of things, and it's not going to be someone forcing it down your throat as much as it's going to be the people willingly adopting this new uh, mythos and bring a lot of energy with it. And that's what the Q movement was. Uh, I believe, and you've coined this, that they're, they have, they're diviners. They, they you know, uh, invoked Trump as much as Trump uh, was willing to be that figure. They, uh, through spells <laughs> online, They've invoked this character, and they're going to invoke again another character.
1: Well, the way I see it is that uh, they're haruspices and they're soothsayers, and they read the signs in what should ostensibly be chaos and a chaotic, mm-hmm. uh, a chaotic, uh, well, medium. I'll call it a medium because a haruspices, right? They cut the the entrails open they cut the bowels open of an animal and spill them out on the steps of the temple and then they read them for signs of the future and the 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 guts spill out in a chaotic way and it looks like a an an incomprehensible mess Mm -hmm. that is the information being spilled out uh on the internet it's supposed to be information about the world and information the way we present it and the way we understand it is it's like this logical thing right it's like supposed to be this Reporting, the term reporting is not storytelling. At least that's what we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's 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 reporting. It's recreating an accurate description of what is happening in the world. But when you dump uh, all this information and all these different descriptions about what's happening in the world, they meld together in this big like mess. Mm-hmm. Of, of, of spilled guts. And mm-hmm. then all the people are there to sift through it and the, mm-hmm. to sift through all the information that's coming in about the world. And you have someone like Q who takes it upon himself to be like this high priest or this mm-hmm. uh, soothsayer or diviner of this information. And he starts to like read the signs in the chaos of the, the, the information dump, the information torrent really of like never ending uh, 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 stimulation, uh, the sounds, the video, the visuals, as well as the textual reporting. And some people say, uh, this is what's happening. And other people say, no, that's what's happening. And they're always pointing to different things online. And, th- and they say, uh, no, uh, you know, uh, Alex Jones tried to do this actually, but he failed at it for a few reasons. Um, uh, I, I think Alex Jones bit off more than he could chew. And I mm-hmm. think he kind of took it, a little bit too far, and he tried to say that like X, Y, and Z was a false flag, um, and that people would watch the video, and people would watch the same video that everyone saw, and they would start to like point things out about mm-hmm. Sandy Hook and things like that. Yeah, and people didn't really buy it, it and and somehow yeah. Alex Jones survived that, but just by the skin of his teeth.
0: Well, I th- so I think Alex Jones things uh, is perfect example because what's the sh- name of a show? It's Infowars, right? It's the belief that you know. Uh, we are in this duality of info where there's the truth and then there's, there's the lies and the pot people telling the lies think they're saying the truth. And, you know, people looking at Alex Jones and saying, oh, he's telling the lies and he's not the man of the truth. Now, uh, beyond the Sandy Hook thing. And I just, you know, you, ha- I-, I am not going to be the guy to be uh, saying like, oh, you know, this guy, look, he was wrong once. Uh, he's a fucking idiot because he was right about 99% of everything else and ahead of the curve too. And uh, but you have to, as if you're going to be an observer of the escalation of, of these both sides who both think they're telling the truth and think the other one's lying. Um, you shouldn't be like, okay, both sides are stupid, but both sides are uh, escalating towards some truth that is a accurate picture of the world in this conflict wow. uh, and i think i think the infowars of uh of alex jones is closer to the truth you can't as a as, as, as a human being you can't really embody truth if you embody truth you're god you're immaterial you could only imperfectly uh you know in, in embody a, a truth uh it's it's what's that figure uh, the painting and uh, I think in the Sistine Chapel where, where uh, man is reaching out to God, he's pointing his finger and their fingers are almost touching.
1: Yeah. Michelangelo's. But,
0: yes. Yeah. Uh, that is, is man to God. He could try to reach for God because there always be that little uh, yeah. distance between them. And uh you know, you're not going to expect perfect uh, truth telling here, but more the direction they're going in. And and
1: well, I, I actually brought up Alex Jones as an example of someone who uh, didn't necessarily succeed. And he sort of got some subsumed and, and brought into the metabolism of the Trump movement because he was kind of a lone figure for a long time, because I was yes. paying attention to Alex Jones like around like forever for mm-hmm. a long time. Uh, And and he kind of appealed to both sides until basically the Sandy Hook thing. And, um, you know, he was a big supporter of Trump. But I think I don't think he he was he was getting by on the sake of his own personality, whereas Q was much more sophisticated, in my opinion. Uh, And and what Q was doing was looking at uh, things that were because you have this information dump and. The, the mainstream either ignores it or tells you that it's not what you think it is. Uh, so then Q comes along and says that we are, and this, this, is, this is getting exactly to what you're saying. Uh, Q comes along and says, our elites are a cabal of child molesters and ch- child traffickers, right? Which the evidence, all of this information that is being sifted through by this soothsayer supports that claim it's mm-hmm. just uh how you claim it whereas um you know i went through all the old q drops and there's one where he just names <laughs> all the people in government for for child molestation charges and i looked them all up and they're all real mm-hmm. and there's like dozens of them there are dozens of them and very often they're they're, they're liberal people like uh, mayors the mayor of san francisco harvey milk the mayor of um who was from new york city the mayor of portland these guys were both in the 70s i forget his name now but he was also from new york city mm-hmm. uh these two like beacons of liberalism sodom and gomorrah uh san francisco and portland were, mm-hmm. were 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 brought into their own they they became they ascended as the liberal meccas of america under the guidance of actual child molesters like yeah. um so when alex jones the point i was trying to make i was trying to contrast the two so alex jones says that Sa- sandy hook was a false flag and he can't really back it up because he can't read the signs as well as q can q mm-hmm. says that our elites are a cabal of child molesters and he can back it up yeah. okay so, so the only recourse the, yeah. the cathedral has to refute in q is to lie they, yes. they are left with their pants literally down uh, so
0: i think i think i'm just in my defense of Alex Jones. Is that I'm saying well, I don't those... want
1: to devolve into that, but you can say your piece, but I don't want to devolve into that.
0: No, about... I, know, I know. But I'm, I'm bringing it to a larger uh, defense of the people, the the people who follow Q, because for whatever reason, you might think they're, you know, the typical conspiracy boomers who are just, you know, kind of gullible or naive or whatever. And they were hanging on cues every word, but they were doing a lot of the legwork themselves. They were finding the news articles that no one else is seeing. They were sifting through the endless pool of, you have to understand like millions of articles are probably pumped every day.
1: Yeah. They're like the temple priests information. Yeah,
0: for sure. And for many of these, geez, whether it's, you know, uh, retired boomers or, you know, uh, MAGA moms who, you know, uh, all they do all day is just post. They're doing a lot of the legwork. They're building the, 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 the network of truth that Q did. Um, that, and that's what Alex Jones is, does too. And while they are imperfect themselves, they might get some things wrong. They might look into things too much. That doesn't matter. They're closer to truth. They're closer to truth. They're a man reaching out to God. And maybe they <laughs> never they never touch their fingers, but they're closer to God than other people. They're closer I, to truth.
1: I will say I will grant you that about the people. I don't know about Alex Jones. I worry sometimes that he's too, uh, you know, take 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 the differences between Alex Jones and and QAnon. Alex Jones literally has products that he's selling. Alex <laughs> Jones is a literal face lord where he's trying to like. Say the next outrageous thing to keep himself going, to keep attention, and to sell sell his products. And he's a bit of a, uh, a charlatan, in my opinion. Okay, but yeah, see, we- okay, here's
0: here it is though. I understand your point, and he might be, he might literally be a charlatan. But to any and so as many any other cult leader, you yeah. Have been,
1: uh, the the uh the followers are true believers. Is, is that what you the were gonna followers
0: say? Followers are closer. It doesn't matter right,
1: about right, right, the figure. Right.
0: Trump himself could be a fraud. Everyone's yeah. pointing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. A, it's not the validity. A and lot of former Trump supporters are saying that. Yes, exactly. He wasn't the guy. Whatever. That's secondary. That's secondary to 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 the fervor of the people. And once there is a guy who it can embody the truth, and for, even if let's say Christ Himself came down the second coming, I would say ninety percent of Christians would be like, "Oh, he's the Antichrist. He's not actually Christ." uh he would, they will deny him if Christ were to come back.
1: Dude, so I love no that you said what,
0: that. No matter what, there will be disbelief, there will be calling of the charlatan, there will be calling whatever figure steps up. He's going to be a charlatan, he's going to be imperfect. But that doesn't matter in this coming age where we're just going to irrationally believe it. We're not going to look at it in objective lens. We're just going to go for the ride and right. uh, you know be amongst the sea of people to will uh whatever figure is to come.
1: I love that you just said that. I'm going to I'm going to invoke uh, Dostoevsky and then I'm going to use my own example yes. parallel to yours because in the Brothers Karamazov, probably the most famous scene, maybe the mo- one of the most famous scenes in all of western literature is the scene of the inquisitor where Ivan creates this uh I think he's referencing an essay that he wrote in which Christ comes back during the inquisition and the inquisitor brings Christ into a room and says listen I know that you're God, but if if we if we support you as Christ, you're going to fuck our whole system up. You're going to ruin everything for us. So we can't let you. We're going to have to uh, execute you. or We're going to have to at least persecute you in the Inquisition because you are going to tear down. Your coming is going to ruin everything we've been building here. And we can't do that to the people. We can't allow that to happen to our flock. And I've always said, well, I've never actually said this, but I've always thought, That, you know, all these people out here saying they're they're right wing and they're this and they're that and they're they're like political spurgs. I uh, but but they they engage with each other in a holier than thou attitude. And I've always thought to myself that if a real populist or a real demagogue emerges, who is going to sort of reinstate uh, traditional American values and sort of tear down or cut through or at least halt in his tracks, this progressive insanity. Uh, I think that person will be attacked by the right wing because of his impurity. And they're going to say he's not.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is this is why it's very important that we acknowledge the times we're in as, as, you know, on the right. We live in a time of postmodernity where it's, you know. Things are going to float to the top and become viral and become immensely popular uh not through some rigid uh you know bureaucratic you know uh approved way things are going to come to to immense popularity and be very provocative to many people uh in a way that many might not prove many through logical reasons or through, uh, you know, in, in a way, Oh, this is degenerate. This is, you know, morally wrong or that's, it doesn't matter. That's what's yeah. going to win in the future.
1: Well, and, and yeah. the only way, in my opinion, that I think that that could possibly work is if, and this is why we talked about Kanye, PewDiePie, uh, Jake Paul, in my opinion, the only way that's going to succeed is if an apolitical figure yes. has political aspirations, because mm-hmm. he won't polarize people as much as someone who started out political and mm-hmm. was political all along.
0: Yeah, he. that's why I said it's, it's uh, instead of the duality of the political sphere, it was a, tr- a Trinitarian kind of person, this Trinity-like person, like Christ. Well, elaborate, on, above that. The elaborate on
1: that. But how, so how's it Trinitarian? I get what you mean, but... You need yeah, some, like, so it's, it's
0: because he's an outsider, not necessarily amongst the uh, Dems versus Republicans, you know, that escalating bunch of crap, you know. The, and you could loop them up as its own duality, people versus a state, whatever. But the point is that there's going to be a guy who's not even a part of any of that, and he's he's almost above it. But he's also above their laws. That's what's important, too um that i mean even if you'd want to just look at trump sure he was able to fund himself and he was able to you know use a celebrity to be a vehicle but his courage to stand firm when the media and and all the powers that be tried every kind of thing to try to prevent him from winning whether it was leaking uh the grabbing by the pussy tapes uh uh or you know like the first thing once trump uh said uh you know mexicans aren't selling their best when they came here just maybe end of 2015 macy's boycotted trump they said we're not supporting trump anymore so they tried to cut off uh his money and stuff like that yeah his products they took yes product product. a lot of people did Yeah. And then, you know, you have the media pretty much saying he's the Antichrist, destroying his character, old friends. He was friends with every celebrity and they all turned his back. So he was alone. Only with the people and the the tactics of the regime, the the New World Order, they tried every single way to enforce and punish him. And it took it took stealing of election for them to actually do it, but the it's, you have to be, stand in the face of punishment and willingly accept it, and that's once again uh, what I see in, in Christ the Trinity is he was he willingly accepted his own death, he uh, you know it, Trump in the same way he 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 was willing to be martyred by by the establishment, completely annihilating his character. Uh, Christ is willing to be Uh, the man on the cross and accepting his punishment, it takes that in in the face of the the law, whether it be uh, Roman, Judaic, whatever, uh, the regime, the church, they're going to use their power to annihilate you. And it's going to take somebody who uh, sees no validity in it and stands above it and uh, is willing to... Almost uh, die in the face of it because they see in it no validity. Uh, only God can judge me, and that you could probably see that in in the characters that you've mentioned um, that could fit in that mold. That I mean, PewDiePie, right? Uh, Jake J- Paul is trying to do that thing.
1: Yeah, know, I only use yeah, so PewDiePie as examples because yeah, but PewDiePie came
0: under under fire for for posting uh, like Hitler jokes. You know, they came after him. Um, he talks about Mishima and his show. Uh, you know, blatantly right wing figures. They still come after him for being the N word, hard R on a on a on a show. I mean, he apologized for that, but
1: not only in the way. PewDiePie episode I've ever seen is the Mishima one. So I'm looking right now. He's currently got 111 million subscribers.
0: Exactly, and he he has he's bigger than any media, or maybe even together, he's bigger than any uh fan base of, of 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 the state of the new world order and it's because he doesn't necessarily play by their rules um you could say he's based right you could say that's the meaning of what, what it is to be based um in face of the woke uh moral law order of what's good and evil he stands above it the crazy thing about the- it
1: the Internet, though, is that like this guy has all these followers and like mainstream people have no idea who he is. He's not talked about ever. His name never gets put in like the, the mainstream discourse. Right. And I think in that sense, uh, if another figure arises, they will come from out of nowhere. They're going to totally take because, like I said, Trump was around. Trump was around for a long time. So they saw him coming. They knew who he was. He was getting interested in politics at least as early as. 2011 and, and 12 where he was going on alex jones and talking about the uh and he was even on fox news back then talking about the uh the birth certificate thing uh mm-hmm. the birther the birther yeah. thing that was like his he fucking- was in political consciousness for
0: at least 20 years
1: yeah before
0: it up um but and someone think,
1: like PewDiePie would come out of literally nowhere. These people don't even know who this guy is. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, you know, he's not
0: American. So an uh, American context. Right, but a PewDiePie uh, life figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I, I defend your point. And this is, we're going to tie it all back together now to what is American Gnosticism. This coming out of nowhere, this underbelly, this absolutely, absolutely. outside of the eyes of the cathedral, the church, the regime in there is going to be the birth of the new Messiah and they're going to call him the antichrist. Right. But to the people, they know that that person is closer to the truth than not. And, and God will bless that person. God, wherever he is, maybe he is, uh, maybe God is dead and we have to revive him or maybe he's hidden or maybe we, we, we are, he's inaccessible. Uh, because we live in the Demiurge. whatever mythology you want to frame it as. The
1: the intro to my show, Zero HP Lovecraft saying when we reach the the bottom of the internet ocean floor, I believe we will discover or build a god. Yes. That's the intro to my show, bro. <laughs>
0: yes. And that's exactly what American Gnosticism is: is that there will be a Neo, there will be a, the one, and he will come from uh, from, from the abyss from from the darkness inherent uh either in politics or culture or whatever.
1: That was that was excellent, man. Let's let's end it on that note. That was like the perfect way to wrap that discussion up. Um so I I've told Zante this off the air, but I'm gonna tell everybody listening now who's made it through to the end of this episode, which I'm sure everyone has because I was enthralled by everything you were saying. Um I don't see this as an interview. I see this as the beginning of a series of discussions me and you are going to have. Um, and I hope he's given you all food for thought uh, reminder to go check out his Twitter page uh, at Edenic Jesus. I will link to it uh, in the sub stack as well as when I tweet this episode out, I'll tweet a link to him and pay attention to his feed too, because like I said before, he tweets other people. He retweets other people who, uh, Kind of have a similar alternative esoteric view to to things that are going on. I also have
0: my uh, my aesthetics page, which is doing. Oh, it's almost going to hit ten k followers in like two months. Uh, uh, Mytho America, um, which is the aesthetic representation of what I believe to be American. Masters. Yeah, it's an
1: excellent page. I'm glad you said that because I didn't know. I thought you wanted to be like in incognito that that was your. Author. No, no, no. I put it in my. Oh,
0: uh, and oh I, you did I, okay yeah I, I promote my myself on on both <laughs> okay so. so
1: I'll promote that too uh, it's bigger it's bigger than yeah. currently that's bigger than my page too yeah. but uh, yeah it's 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 um, there's a lot more to talk about there's a lot more to talk about We didn't even get into the mythological significance of the stories that Q told uh, mm-hmm. because you were saying those people are closer to the truth and I agree with you uh, but of course, small-minded, simple-brained, indoctrinated people attack Q as being stupid. And perhaps they really do are true believers of all the Q myth. I think most of them actually are. I'm not. I think it's all a big metaphor and there's a mythological significance to it. But the mythological significance of telling stories about your culture is far more valuable by any standard than being indoctrinated into the ideology of that culture.
0: I was reading uh, on your on your recommendation. I was reading Wilhelm Reich. And...
1: <laughs> well, I, I don't endorse Wilhelm Reich. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't
0: endorse, but he recommended because of of my way of thinking. Yeah, you got to read him. You got to read him. Um, and he was saying that right wing mysticism during the Great War, uh, in the lead up to to World War Two, right wing mysticism, fascism. Uh, you know the the stories behind. Uh, behind their, their, their ideology and their power was always beats out left-wing materialism that even in the worst material conditions, right-wing mysticism beats out because people don't look for theory when things are at their worst, they look for God. And that is, I think that's what we're talking about here.
1: Absolutely. All right. We're going to end it on that note because that's the perfect, perfect way to end. So astral Flight Simulation signing off until next time.